All right. I want to let you know before we begin the episode, a couple dates that are rescheduled. These are rescheduled dates. February 27th, uh, the Sayersville, New Jersey date has now been moved, and it is February 27th in Red Bank, New Jersey at the Count Basie or Bassie Center for the Arts. It's going to be the Count Bassie Center for the Dark Arts that night. But those tickets go on sale Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. As well, the next night, I will be in Oxon Hill, Maryland, at the theater at MGM National Harbor. That is a rescheduled date, and it is now on February 28th, Oxon Hill, Maryland. It's back on. So if you had tickets before, then you will still have tickets. Um, They should be emailing you, so you may want to touch base with your email. Today's guest is a um, a young man. We, we 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 became buddies on his podcast, and and I don't even like saying the word buddies actually, so I'm not going to say it again. But I will say that this man is a unique man, and he's from the H3 podcast, and uh, and he got a new child, him and his wife, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ethan Klein. Are you been leaning out? Well, <clears throat> thank you. That I've been on a feeding window, which is a funny way of saying intermediate fasting. Intermediate, intermediate fasting. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I don't know what you're talking about. I have fasting a, sometimes. Intermittent. Intermittent. Thank you. I'm like a. I feel like a farm animal. I like the feeding window analogy because it just sounds funny. Like I just eat out of a trough for eight hours and then go into fasting. I could but see I, that. I could yeah. see you with something around your neck full of nuts or yeah. beans. Yeah. I just a feeding bag around my neck at all times. Uh, I just I feed between ten and six, and then and then I fast. So it's good for me because I, my urge is to eat all the time. And so by putting that restriction on myself, I feel like it cuts down on a lot of uh, late night snacking, mm. extra meals. I'm also EMs, yeah, yeah, extra meals. EMs make BMs, as mm. my grandma used to say. Your grandma never said that. She might have. She, dude, my grandmother didn't let me come visit her for 10 years at one point in her, in her Why? life. Why? You had beef with your own grandma? I didn't. She had beef with me. I was too young, I think, to have beef. You know? how, did your, how does your own grandma have beef with you? She had beef with me. She, um, there was some, we had some discrepancies at the house, and then she said I couldn't come visit. So, Tell me what happened. You're being obscure. Well, no, she said I ate some candies at her house, and I didn't. I don't know if I ate them or not. You're making this shit up. No, I'm not. You, you don't get this. You don't get. Banished from your grandma over disbarred? candies. You can use the term disbarred if you want. Your grandma disbarred you over some Werther's classics? <laughs> yeah, bro, definitely. Shit, that's cold-blooded. Bro, it was ice your cold. Family, your, your background is tough. It, that that was one, probably one of the What kind of candies? Parts. Oh, and here's the thing. Oh, I, don't, oh it was, I know what it was. It was chocolate-covered cherries. Hmm. And yeah, here's the thing. She fuck. made these good cookies, and I didn't get to have those for a long time. But Ten years over some... That's God's plan, bro. You know? <laughs> I guess so. Um, well... Well, now that I know that that the show is going, uh, what what were we talking about? Because I was interested if we could go take a step back. Yeah, what were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about Bill Burr. Yeah, we were talking about, oh, welcome to the Bill Burr Recovery 
Good. Yeah, I went into therapy after that episode. I'm not Did even you really. I'm not even being kidding. I mean, I, I, I was having a depressive episode for a long time, right? And I had these antidepressants next to my bed mm-hmm. for a long time. And, uh, and that, you were taking them? No, I hadn't decided okay. to take them yet. I was uh, hesitant. Just, yeah. And after that episode with Bill Burr, I came home, and I that's when I started taking antidepressants, and I went to therapy. Wow. It was soul-crushing. And do you, was it soul-crushing because you felt like as an interviewer it was soul-crushing, or just like as a, on a human level? Like, do you think, do you know the <clears throat> levels where it felt that it hit you? Right. Um, <clears throat> everything, man. My... My fans were, I don't know, fans, but the audience were very harsh. As an interviewer, I felt like a, a failure. It was just off. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it didn't feel that bad, but it was the reaction, my, the audience reaction to it afterwards. I mean, I knew I had goofed up and that it was a sh- not the best interview. And I was such a big fan of Bill Burr, obviously, who is yeah. it? He's, he's a legend. And uh, you just, in your mind, have high hopes that, that uh, you'll be able to... Yeah, to get something good out of that. Yeah, there's and, expectations. Yeah. I feel like, but the 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 there was people making like video essays about how what a terrible you know interviewer I am. Oh, really? Stuff. That's that's YouTube style. That's kind of stuff I'm I'm somewhat used to. But um, yeah, that I, just felt I just it felt like a rock bottom for me because I I was having a hard time with the podcast and interviews in general, and that for me was just kind of like the culmination of a lot of a oh, lot of like, stress. Oh, that's interesting. So it was like. So in hindsight, though, does it almost feel like it was, it, it was, it was supposed to happen? Like it was like, oh, I needed something that yeah. kind of made me look at stuff, or just gave me like a moment to reflect. Well, I definitely needed something to push me because taking antidepressants, going to therapy, was like the best choice I ever made for me and my family, and professionally too. I mean, it's made everything better. Really? So I mean, if it wasn't that, it would be something else. But. um but that was like a little bit of somehow it was part of a catalyst. It was it was a fuse Definitely. lighter. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It was it was that, and I had him on a second time somewhat recently, and uh, it went great. So I'm happy to hear that. And, yeah, and he reached out. He said he wanted to do it. Huh. I was like, God bless, dude. Let's go. This is like fear factor for me. Round two. Yeah, ruined my life the first time. Let's go. And uh, it yeah, was great. that's interesting. Yeah, it was a uh, yeah. When he came in here, it was a strange experience, man. It was. I don't know. I just felt like he was a different person, not on podcasts, than he was on podcasts. It's almost like, but then also, I didn't really know him that great, and so maybe I just don't know how people are. That's true. I, I, I wonder if he listens to these. Probably not. Oh, I mean, I, I doubt he does. I mean, everybody's busy. Yeah, he's he doesn't care what we think about mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. I listen to some of those murder things, you know, where people get murdered. Some guy went walking into the woods in the Sorry? Joshua tree and fucking never came out. And how do you hear that? There's a podcast that's oh, called like podcast. Missing People or something. Do you feel like that when you talk about Bill Burr, like a missing person? <laughs> oh, dude, I felt like, oh, I felt like it was a couple of minutes where I, uh, afterwards I was just kind of wandering around, you know? But I, I, I don't know. I just, you know, how I did didn't that know end? him that good. Let me, let me ask you this. When you guys ended, I mean, it was, it was clearly, you knew it wasn't going well during... Or was it when you started the read? No, the I knew that there was something uncomfortable. I didn't know if, uh, I didn't know. I thought for a second, like maybe I was going crazy. Or I was like getting mm, pranked. You're getting in your head. You're want, what's going on? Well, it was just an uncomfortable. I'm just like, oh, well, he and I, obviously, there's only so much time that we probably, one of the reasons maybe we don't <laughs> talk that much is because we. Do you mind if probably, I take these off? No, it's fine. It's because we shouldn't talk that much. 
you know? But um, so, so I don't know that, what I thought. That, I just thought, here's a guy who is very, he's exactly what I thought. When I, if I really would have looked at it, oh, here's a guy who, maybe this is exactly the way he is on stage. There's not a way for, there's no real difference, you know? Mm. It's just, he's this rambling kind of like, if he's unhappy, he's unhappy. And mm. he, he, you know, eternally disgruntled. Right. Um, he's kind he, of, uh, you know, guy who's kind of fighting against his own probably ill wills and shit. That's like right. all of us are in some weird ways, but for him, maybe it's like a, just a different battle. And also that he, he likes to, that he's the center of attention a lot, I think. Mm. And so it, it's, uh, he probably, he might not be able to really notice when, how other people are feeling or reacting. That's kind of the vibe that I got at the end. In right. Hindsight. So the thing is like, I th I feel like most guests, 99% of guests, they, they're they more gracious, you know, they won't take the opportunity if they see you like are uncomfortable or you goofed up or maybe you said like when he sees an opening, he will he like attacks. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's the same way as comedy. Which is, is really fine. Think about That's it. why he's so good at comedy. Right. But like he he is unlike anyone else I've ever interviewed because the second time when I interviewed him, I really just like talked as little as I possibly could. Yeah. And that and that was bad the best but you you obviously have to handle each interview differently but he was unlike anyone i had ever interviewed because yeah and i don't even really interview he right. was unlike one like why finish that sentence sorry i said one. because he is because he's not willing to give you the benefit of the doubt you know what i mean and he will he will expose any chinks in your armor yeah yeah, yeah. because for him that's comedy right right and for he's him, gonna that's make comedy, a funny yeah. moment out of it Right. But for me, I'm like, oh shit, dude, my fragile ego. And yeah, for me, I think I'm used to. I think I'm I'm good to rip on people if that's what we're doing. I think I <laughs> right. never knew what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like yeah. I brought roller yeah. skates to a fucking sword fight. That's funny, you know. Yeah, that's, that's a good analogy. Like. That's a good analogy. So I think um, because in previous conversations I had with him, it had been more of a communication about kind of real stuff that was going on in my career and right. questions I had, you know, I was, uh, and I was kind of looking up to him, I think also in some way for me as a role model, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and when you get a, a, when you get a certain response from someone you have expectations on in your own mind, they, for me, when I get a, a response to them that they don't, they don't realize that I see them that way or it doesn't matter to them or whatever. And that's fine. It's this own world I built up in my head. For some reason, that hits harder a little bit, you know, mm. where it like, it's just a weirder dent. But for mm. me also, it's just like, I'm not even a fucking interviewer, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. But We're you, doing our best. But I was just happy to sit down with him. Yeah. Just fucking, I think maybe we sat down maybe on the wrong day. Maybe we started, you know... I don't know, but stuff we were talking about off the podcast, when I brought it up on the podcast, it was like we had never spoken off the podcast, and that seemed very weird to me. I had the same reaction to him. But, like, you made this joke about, do you have a, do you have a gun in your helicopter? But he, he just, I don't know why he took that so the wrong way. Oh, yeah, I don't like, know. Like, that's just a funny, I mean, I mean that's that just thing, a funny I, premise. Yeah, I think at that point, I, uh, I had also, at some point, I kind of checked out, I think. Yeah. You know, I think I was kind of. But you, uh, you said to me that you don't want to do guests anymore. I'm doing no. I'm doing less guests. Is I had the same reaction too. I was canceling episodes after that. Oh no, I was. I needed to cancel episodes way before that. I was trying to can't pare down. We were just trying to. Why? Like, just too much stress. What do you mean? What stress about what? This year, I just hit a level. It was just too much stress for me. You know, just doing like you get in. <laughs> you know, like I started podcasting. It was just me talking to myself. Mm-hmm. 
which is what's always going on in my head anyway. And then, um, and then you get like, oh, and then you have a guest on, you try that and you're like, oh, it was, it was kind of cool. And then you try it again and a couple of times it's really fun. And then you're like, okay, well, do I interview, you know, you see what other people do. You see what other podcasters are doing, They're interviewing all types of people. Mm-hmm. And so then I start doing that and like, just kind of finding my way what fits and what doesn't. Right. Then Brendan and I started that King and the Sting podcast and that's just goofing around. But it also took a lot of it took a lot of it took time, it took effort. Mm-hmm. And so um it just all became a lot. And then with the tour dates it literally Too much shit. There was about two months, man, where I don't even know like my 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 thought my my peace, I was always a couple seconds off of peace of mind. It was just, I was never mm-hmm. able to just, sit. Yeah. And just to feel okay or know what was going on. Mm-hmm. It was like I was speeding, um, but I didn't even know how to work the vehicle or something. Mm-hmm. And I was still going real fast. Yeah. So that to me, it was just like, I, I, I need to tail back. What am I? Do I want to be a comedian? Are we doing podcasting? You have a lot doing? of podcasts going on here. You have three different sets in this studio. Well, we will, yeah, when we move King and the Sting into here. Yeah. But this is only once in a while now, so this is kind of nice, you know? And now it's like, okay, I get to look forward to a conversation mm. as opposed to being like, okay, you know, getting right here and being like, all right, I have to do this conversation. I know exactly what you mean. I was I was in the same place where I was taking, just trying to get more interviews, but you end up sitting across people that you frankly don't care about. Yeah, that's Or what not interested in, or you don't have chemistry in. Yeah, Wolf of Wall Street, that happened with me. That guy I thought was just kind of, I don't know. I didn't, I, I don't know. It just, and I, and then I felt I couldn't interview him the way I wanted to. It was just like I just didn't have enough of, of a plan of why I was even talking to this guy. I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Um, yeah, dude, so the last time I saw you, I'm trying to think if that was right before you kind of took a break. That was one of my funnest interviews, man, was going in there. Really? Well, sometimes I like being a guest better, man. I know exactly what you mean, man. It, it's a lot of pressure being the host. You have to make sure the show's running. It's so, I find it one of the hardest things as the host to be is like to actually listen to what they're saying, but also being prepared uh, where the conversation goes next so that there's not dead air. Right. And uh, it's because I really want to listen, but sometimes I'll, I'll be listening and I'll be like, huh. And then you don't know where you're going next. Yeah. See, that's my worst moment as a host. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, not knowing where you're going to But being end a guest up. is great because it's all like if this show sucks, it's your fault, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I think yeah. some of the hosting, maybe, or just being like the person, the inviter, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like being a woman during sex, probably. It's like, hey, come mm. over here. Let's see what you got. Mm. And if you, if you suck, it's your fault. <laughs> right. I love that analogy. Yeah. Here we got a question <laughs> right here from a guy who might be Jack London's son. Gang, gang, what up, Theo? What up, Ethan? This is uh, Chester Pink coming in from Detroit, Michigan. It's cold out here, man. Uh, I just wanted to call and ask Ethan, um, when you got into YouTubing, what was, like, your goal? Like, did you have all of this crazy success, you know, in your head? Um, or were you just making funny videos and, and you know, it just happened organically? I'm, I'm curious because I think a lot of people get into what you do now, you know, they see you and they say, oh man, I I want that. So they get into it maybe for different reasons than they should or or than you did when you got it uh, started. So I'm just curious. Uh, Stoked to hear the podcast. Gang, gang. Gang, bro. 
Thank he Chester looks cold. Pink. He does look cold, man. Damn, Detroit. But he looks like one of those guys who's able to also, like, if you bundle up too much, you can't meet any women, Mm-mm. you know? That's the thing about being a guy in the cold. If you bundle <laughs> too much, you're never going to meet any woman. They're what not going to be like, mean? oh, I'm going to fuck this cotton ball going down right. the street. They got to see what's going on. Yeah, you they still have to show a little. Right, right. Whereas a guy will almost unwrap anything to see if they could fuck it, you know? Do you think that guys should be able to, like... You know how, I mean, women can walk around with their cleavage out. Mm-hmm. Do you think that guys should be able to show their dick off? Like tight pants and maybe just the, maybe like a, maybe like just a the little, middle. a window to the balls or some shit. Wow, wow. Like a little plastic window that you can From see some window nuts. window to the balls. That <laughs> yeah. reminds me of that old song. Right. Um, I, feel like, uh, I feel like chicks m- want to see our dicks on the street. Uh-uh, that's insane, man. That's insane, bro. That's fucking vape nation, bro. That's fucking no. insane. No, nobody wants to see my dick. Well, I think if somebody, if you could show the t- the nuts in a way where you could see the cleavage of them. Mm. Not cleavage, that's what I mean. Oh, well, now that's talking, but I don't, I, the problem is your dick is in front of your nuts. You, you, well, you, you wrap it up. You tape it up or some shit. Yeah, but now that's going to take an extra six or but seven it's minutes. But it's like the peacock feathers. It's the whole beauty thing. Like, these girls spend a lot of time getting ready in the morning. Why shouldn't we? Let's tape our dicks up and get some fucking nut cleavage out there. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm telling I mean, you. look. I'm telling you, man. Forget about the winter clothes. We got to get our nuts out there. <laughs> Do you think you have stylish dick or not? I think my dick used to be stylish, but as I got older and fatter... My dick is get is turning into like a fucking California raisin, dude. Is that true? Now, what happens to your dick as you get put on more weight? I've always kind of weighed the same. Well, your erection quality gets worse. Really? I think just because you know you're fat, you're out of shape. You you got to get that good blood flow. Oh my! I mean, it works. You know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It works. Ela laughs at me when I say that, so she has some confidence in my penis at least. But which is nice, you know. You want mm-hmm. someone to believe in your dick. Can she, uh, does she, um, yeah, I mean, she must enjoy your dick. That's the thing about a woman. They have to enjoy, that's the thing about meeting a man is really a two-part thing. They have to meet you and like you, and then they also, you have this second buddy that they have to meet mm. that they kind of have to like enough, you that's know? That's funny, yeah. It's like, oh, you also got to like my friend little Roger, you <laughs> yeah. know? It's like, you have yeah. this one. Some people like him, some people hate him. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you're one of the ones that like him. That's such a crazy thing. Yeah, to- she likes. She's she, yeah. That's a that's a really good point. You know, I feel like vagina's not like that. Mm-mm. Like it's all like it's all good. Yeah, it's all pretty good. I mean, you put it in, and at a certain point, like you don't even have to really like see it. You know, Mm-mm. just happens. But, but 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 to answer your question, you know, um, did I have a question? Yeah, about my penis. What happens when you get fat and old? Um, well, not old. I mean, you're not, not old. old. Not thirty-four. I'm not old. Oh, you're not old. I'm thirty-nine. Oh, how's your dick working? Mm, my dick has never worked that great. Really? Yeah, my dick worked really good when I was about seventeen. Because I had a real large penis since I was very young. So the same size penis. <laughs> so it's got smaller and smaller as you age. No, it's gotten probably the same. I think it's looked different. Maybe you in said different since cities. you were since you were what age you had a big penis? Really young. So that's what I'm saying. As you aged. You got bigger, your penis stays the same size. Dude, I remember there were times where I could wrap both of my arms around, almost like that's how young, like I wrap it around my penis and pull it close into my body. Like I remember, yeah, just like almost like hide, like at one point almost being able to not hide behind it, but I remember definitely being like. Well, that sounds pretty incredible. So what is the conflict with it? Just that it never grew. 
it stayed that way, and I grew. That's what I said. It is. Yeah. Okay. So is it? So are you happy with the size of it? And the and the the you know what I mean? My penis is a little bit more of like kind of a wider penis. It's more of like somebody trying to park a church. It's more of like a church van type of a deal. You know? It's, it's a chode, a as they say. No, it's not a chode. Chode is very short. I think chode is like a fat guy kind of bothering you. Mm. You know? <laughs> I don't feel like it's that. I I don't think there. I mean, the way you're describing your penis, I think is uh sounds like something to be something to be proud of. Yeah, maybe it is, man. I think I yeah maybe I have a negative idea of it. Um, what about your penis, man? Like I, when I was younger, I was very proud of it. I was like, I'm ready oh, wow. to put this thing to work. I'm very proud of this. This is a beautiful. I like this. You remember showing it to women when you were showing no. it to girls? Oh well, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't get the opportunity. You know really? what I'm saying? Not that much opportunity, but I did. I had nice comments. You know, I, I never had a problem. It's good. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, my pubes get longer. Like my dick, all of a sudden, when like I'm not hard, my dick is like in a, it's like lost in the, it's like an earthworm in a jungle of fucking. Oh yeah, in a in a humid jungle, dude. Damn, I gotta mow the lawn, <laughs> and I'm getting fat. I can't even see my penis these days, boy. Wow, does it really get wild when you get starts putting on some weight? Yeah. Oh wow, you can't. And I'm, I, and you know, I think. Is it like you're looking for something? It's not like that. Also, I had anxiety problems in college. I had trouble getting it up too at certain points. Oh yeah, and that was that was a nightmare, dude. If there was a thunderstorm in the area, I couldn't get an erection. I couldn't get an erection near broken glass. I had so much mm. kind of sensual anxiety, man. A ton of that. It went I could a, totally relate to that. It, it went away when I was in like monogamous relationships. That's when I was able to perform at full mast. You know. Oh wow. But uh, but in the there, br- there was times when I just. I wanted to, uh, it was such a shame, you know, because yeah, you want to it would have been the perfect time for that thing to work, you know what I mean? Dude, I remember there was a girl I met at Tulane University years ago, mm. and we've been out, met at, uh, met at a bar or something. I think I'd known her, but finally we met out, and we went back to her place or my place or something. I probably didn't even have a place, but we went somewhere to do sex, and I remember I just couldn't get an erection, you know, and I'm like, fuck. And she and she's ready to go, dude. I had both my arms up. Everything else in the every everything my, was up. Everything is erect, bro. Well, that makes your penis look even sadder. Oh, you're dude. like, and I would wear tight socks even to keep blood flow into the more. Pertinent. Did you really? Oh, 100 percent. Does that work? Uh, I felt like it did. Like That's it was a support thing, but huh. I don't know if it really did. But I would wear like those compression socks, you know, like senior citizens wear. Like, oh, nurses. that's sick. Dude, it was so sad That's high level pulling shit. those long bitches on. Fucking, you yeah. just going to the club, you know? I wonder if girls you're just are... fucking rolling into some com socks. Is that something just to listen to Nelly, bro? That's you awesome, know? though. I wonder if uh, if that's thing is that but something it, guys do? I, bro, here's the thing: is it, was that your idea or was that shared with you? No, no, no that was my. That idea. was your original idea. Yeah, I mean, it just made you're sense. A, you're a you're a renaissance man, dude. That's incredible. I don't know about that. I mean, that's. I don't think I, wish, I am. I wish I thought of that. You ever do anything like that? No, I can't say they have. No, but Nick's also made some. Nick's done a lot, though. Nick put this whole studio together. Yeah, you must have a really nice day. <laughs> I thought you were going to go into some more of my poor choices. But oh, no. Yeah, thanks, thanks. I was going to, but I'm trying to change my way. I think. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of positive. Yeah, he's got a nice stuff. stick for sure. Uh but anyway, yeah, man. And I met. And so anyway, couldn't, bro. And here was the excuse I remember that I used, dude. <sighs> 
Man. I had to go meet somebody to go swimming, bro. It was like 5 Oh, you got out of there? Yeah. I was like, oh, I got out. I'm supposed to meet somebody to swim at 5.30, I remember. People swim at 5.30. That's what I thought. I'd seen some people early swimming early. Early morning swimming, yeah. And she's like, really? I was like, yeah. We got a group. That's <laughs> oh, what man. I said. I, I'm sad for that past you. Years later. Yeah. Meet up with her again. Same fucking thing. Happened. Because it's, it's so... Dude, the erection mind connection is too strong. You yeah. because you remember that and you're like, all right, I'm over that. That's how old me. But the mind gets the best of you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's what it was, dude. I mean, I'm so in my head. I mean, it's so hard for me to leave my head to live in a comfortable place in the world. That's why I'm constantly seeing all my faults, constantly seeing all my problems, constantly <sighs> seeing, you know, all my, you know, and people are like, You gotta quit being so hard on yourself. I wish I could. I want to. The, I, the bigger thing for me is I just have to get out of my head and because my head is just faulty, you know, it doesn't work well, very great. I'll tell you what, I, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I feel the same way, but you know, you have this lens that you see the whole world through. And when you, when you, different people, I've been through different shit, you know, and it all gunks up your lens and, you know, you don't see the world as it is, but as you are, right? Yeah. And so... So when your yeah. lens is all gunked up and you've been through all this shit and, you know, it's it's hard to see, uh, to not see things all messy like that. Yeah. But uh, do you go to therapy? Yeah, yeah, I go to therapy and I do 12-step. You know, I'm in a recovery program, so I go to 12-step and that kind of stuff definitely What are you helps. recovering from? Um, I'm, I go to 12-step for drugs and alcohol. So, what were you addicted to? You know, I think honestly, when I really think back on it, I was addicted to the way that I think. My alcoholism is really alcoholism. Is yeah, I have alcoholism. Mm-hmm. So you know, I never drank much. I would do some cocaine sometime. I really enjoyed it, but I mean, my favorite drink was cocaine, really. Mm. And uh, that's not alcohol. But I would fucking. <laughs> I'll take a glass on it. I'll take yeah, a glass of sure. it. Dude, I'll even fucking put ice in it. I don't care, man. I, you know, cocaine was just really enjoyable. It's probably one of the best powders I think. Made I don't like powder. it. Isn't that interesting? Really? I've tried it and I hated it. Made you real, what did it make you just too? Just like I drank a bunch of coffee. I didn't feel euphoric. I didn't feel confident. I felt just like on edge. Yeah. I couldn't sleep. It wasn't, I didn't feel good at all. And I, and I would sit with people and they'd be like, talk, they, people get so intense and oh, like yeah. chatty. But I was, I was very aware of the, that that wasn't like a real moment between people. It was just like, you get all fucking crazy Word burglars, cocaine. yeah. People, I fucking call them but word you're like, burglars. You're like, this conversation's bullshit. Yeah, you're just, bullshit. It doesn't make, it's this nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah, you might sell your car. Who gives a fuck? Do you even talk about it for 40 minutes? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's fucking 4 a.m., Yeah, bitch, exactly. You know? exactly. We're in a Whataburger. Yeah, exactly. I ain't fucking buying shit. That's right. That's, so, that's what I think of when I, when I think of cocaine. But I think I'm lucky in that my body, it rebels against drug use. I always oh, have good. the worst experiences with all drugs. But uh, you, uh, cocaine was good for you. No, it wasn't actually. Actually, I the mean, experience if, is very much like you described it. Hmm, so what did you like about it? I think I liked that it gave me an excuse to feel that way without, like it wasn't my fault anymore in a way. Because I would feel like edgy. I would feel like, you know, just kind of overwhelmed or, or something. It's like, oh, well now it's, at least it's this this substance's fault, not yours or hmm. something, maybe. I don't know. Interesting. But in the end, I just realized it was for my thinking. You know, my thinking, I need to have a program to help me relieve the way that I think and the way I feel about myself because those mm-hmm. are really the drugs that I'm addicted to. I'm addicted to, I think, feeling poorly about myself. Right. 
and I'm addicted to like this, just a negative system that started in my head. I think when I was young that, right. you know, just a bad software kind of, you know, I know exactly what you mean, man. But, and you, I think what you're saying is right. Cause your brain releases chemicals that makes you feel certain ways. And when you're used to releasing this chemical that, that makes you anxious or stressed or whatever bad feelings you have where your mind is racing and you're thinking all these negative thoughts, this is the kind of chemical your body gets used to producing. And it's hard to put a stop to that. Yeah. When you're just sitting calmly in your house, uh, your, your body's not producing that shit. And so it's hard to kind of rewire your system. But the antidepressants changed my life. Really? Yeah, that's what helped me rewire my shit. How long have you been on them? Over a year. Wow, fuck yeah, welcome. Wait, you take buck. it too? Dude, 20 years. 20 I've been years, shit, holy fuck. I used to do suppositories before I go to the bar. I'd put two fucking uh, Zoloft in my ass, dude, when I was at going to Char when I used to live in Charleston. Why up your ass? I don't know. This is about the time when I think that kind of shit was popular, you know? It was kind of suppositories. I don't think that, en <laughs> I don't think that enhances a the experience. Oh, dude, I'll tell you this, bro. I, would, I could drink 13 gin and tonics if I had two of those in my ass, man. I don't think you're supposed to drink on antidepressants. You're not. I think uh, what they say, actually, is that it makes it worse. I, I mean, it was all, uh, for me, it always felt like it was been a, a little bit bad. But I do remember I could, the first time I got Zoloft, man, it made me feel like, oh, wow, man. I'm a cool guy. Really? I can drink. I can get up early and go do something. Oh, it activated you. I feel you. good. Yeah. What did it do for you? Nothing. I, I, I swear to God, it didn't affect me at all. The only thing that changed is that I became less irritable, which was which was really like destroying my life. It's just I was so fucking irritable all the time. Now, irritable, did you, was you did, did that display itself as like anger? Did everything kind of bother you? Frustration, yeah. Anger. I will get like irrationally angry at my wife. Oh, yeah. Um, And I know in my mind, that's the worst part is like, dude, there, why, why is this making you so upset? Mm. There's no reason for you to be this upset over this, but... Couldn't I couldn't it. control it. It's it's a it's a prison. You're a prisoner to your emotions in that regard. And Dude, it's so funny you said. I went to the gym this morning, right? And I, I hired a trainer recently to help me just get me a little more motivated. And when I got there, I was not just not in a good mood, man. This is it was nine a.m. You know, so not that early, but. Uh, and I told him, I said, "Hey, man, I'm just in a really bad mood." I said, "There's nothing I can do about it." I said, "I don't. I'm trying not to be. I don't want to be. Hmm. But it's like having a shirt on." It's like just I'm in this shirt. I have to have this shirt on today, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna do my best in this shirt. But there's no, I can't fucking change this. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like you're in something, and you know you're in it. Yeah, it's it's really you're a prisoner to your emotions, and it's so frustrating because fuck, man. I feel like so, like I feel like such pussies that we're talking about this, but it's real. It's, it's no, some it's of the realest shit for it's me. It's so. I mean, it's everything. It's everything. It, it defines your whole how you experience everything, and it's so frustrating knowing that. You know, inside of you is this um, how you want to be, how you wish you were. Yeah. And you know that, that you've been there and you, you want to feel that normality. And, but you just, you're, you're, you're in prison. You can't escape. And so for me. The antidepressants helped. It did help. It's wow. not like, a sh you know, I still have bad days. But um, for the most part, I feel like, you know, I don't know. The therapy helped a lot, too. I, I, I talked and kind of thought about things that I had never thought about before. Good therapist? Yeah, I think so. 
did you try a couple before you went? I tried one mm-hmm. through my health insurance. He was it was the worst. It was oh, awful. Yeah. Dude, they sent me to a guy who did puppetry work, dude. I'm like, who the fuck is this dude? Was his name Jeff Dunham? Huh? <laughs> that would have been wild. If you talk to Peanut, his puppet for therapy, and then Jalapeno comes out, you're like, what is this? I'm like, why is it? Yeah, two hundred dollars an hour. You would think it should be fucking Jeff. Yeah, Dunham, right, dude. dude. My therapist was four fifty an hour. No way. I was like, man, I didn't even like. He's good, but he doesn't like give me a reach around or anything. <laughs> four fifty an hour, dude. He should be cooking food. For you. He shouldn't be making an entire <laughs> dinner for you while he does therapy. Yeah. I hate to interrupt you, but I am gonna because here we are. Look at this. Look at me. It's me. Do you care about your eyes, bruh? Well, you should. How else you going to know if you do or if you don't? If you can't even see yourself. With my lifestyle and the sun here in California, a lot of times I don't know what's going on. I'm almost blind. So I need sunglasses that can really hold me down. Bex, B-E-X sunglasses are badass polarized sunglasses. You can go to the North Pole, South Pole, Hell, if you can find the East Pole, you can wear these there. They are tough and clear as hell. You can get shot out of a damn shuttle right into a damn wall, and you're going to be A-OK. What I love about my Bex glasses is anything can happen. If you're drunk, if you're not drunk, if you're a cop pulls you over, put them on. What's going on? Is it bright outside? Anything can happen. You want to buy a van? You want to get a you want to get attacked by somebody? Do it in style. Don't look like some cheap person who's getting attacked. Bex sunglasses. They are light, they are rugged, they are polarized, made with luxury materials by the finest craftsmanship in the world. Bex sunglasses perform under the harshest conditions. Buy your sunglasses from BexSunglasses.com. That's B-E-X Sunglasses.com. And use code Theo for 20% off your entire order, bruh. That's right. Go to BexSunglasses.com and use code Theo. These glasses, I really like them. I can, I can be stylish. I can be romantic in it. You could look at somebody and you could suddenly hug them if you want. And that's what happens with these amazing spectacles. Look, I know that everybody listening here comes from all walks of life and some non-walks, people in wheelchairs and everything. And there are these, uh, there are two things that bring people closer together, comedy and the ability to get insane goods at a very cheap price. And I've got that second option covered right now by italic italic has tons of stuff from both men and women from luxury handbags wallets cashmere sweaters bedding bath towels cookware even water bottles from the best manufacturers in each category i don't know if you've ever made an effort to dress like that little donkey man chris d'elia but it isn't cheap these designer shoes and bags can cost thousands of dollars With Italic, they sell products manufactured by the same companies at a much, much lower price. So if it's about the feel, it's about the actual product and not about the name, then this is what you want. Get sheets from the same manufacturer as St. Regis and Four Seasons, a backpack from the same manufacturer as Toomey, 
a purse from the same manufacturer as Prada, and so on, so on. Spruce up your closet, your gift selection, and the planet with Italic. That's right, the planet. Italic plants one tree with every order, so you can feel smart about saving money and good about helping the environment. That's not all. Italic are offering this past weekend listeners a special deal on their insane prices. Use the code THEO, T-H-E-O, at checkout for a $20 credit that can go towards any order over $100. That's I-T-A-L-I-C dot com. Italic dot com. Offer code THEO, T-H-E-O, for $20 off any order over $100. You want quality, this is your time. We got a question right here from a beautiful young Filipino gentleman. Oh, we never answered the first one. Huh? Yeah, but he knows we care. <laughs> I, uh, well, I can answer it now. Can we hop back to it? Because this one's kind of related. What you I, can, I remember the, the question was, uh, what, did, what did you plan when you started YouTube? Did you want to get famous? Did you want to so, get rich? No. What I planned, I'll tell you, I remember the exact moment. I, I knew I wanted to do comedy. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be an entertainer. I never thought that I could ever be on screen. Because it's like when you don't have connections and I didn't ever really want to be a stand-up comedian. That, that I knew that wasn't my path just because, I don't know. But you were brave. You were brave in some comedic way. You knew that about yourself <laughs> because you did like vape. You know, I was watching Vape Nation the other day. Yeah. that And you did, you know, you were, that's kind of a brave, strange thing. Yeah. I mean, th- those videos were really hard to make. It's yeah. uh it's it's intense going on the street and doing that, but in the very beginning, I thought I'd be a writer or something. Cause, um, but but at any rate, I remember I was watching Jimmy Kimmel of all people, and he says, you know, um, these days with YouTube, if you're funny and you're and you work hard enough and you're talented, you know, back in the day you had to know somebody, you had to be connected. But these days, if you're funny and you just put yourself out there on YouTube, eventually something's gonna happen for you. Mm. There's something to the essence of that. And so I was like, you know, that's that's true. Like I'm sitting around trying to find like someone to give me an opportunity or or something, you know. Uh I was I was working a day job. I was I was full time doing some marketing bullshit. So so I started on on the weekends just just making uh goofy YouTube videos. Just not with any expectation at all. Mm-hmm. Just to get my chops, to find my voice to uh, figure out what I liked and who I was comedically. Mm-hmm. And I did that for like two years, you know. We, we, we collected a small following of people, which I was so, I mean, I was so blessed. There was this like, in the beginning days, mm-hmm. there was like, I had a very loyal, small group of people that found me somehow. Oh yeah, it was like the Book of Eli back then. Have you seen that movie? No. <laughs> kind of similar. What's the one where Will Smith finds his dog or whatever? I Am Legend. Yeah, I was like, I Am Legend. I did then. see that. But I don't get early the YouTube. I mean, because there's only one per. You were the only person there. There's like people wandering around just trying to find their group. You know? <laughs> I it's see. like just a few people. Like, I see. Um, so we'll just... But I, but I, <laughs> well, I was trying to think of takes zombies. another antidepressant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put them up. You still put them up your butt? Huh? No, 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 no. Okay, that was college, good. bro. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Jesus, dude. You should take them by the mouth. I think. Oh, I take them by the mouth. Yeah, yeah man. But don't you get left with a bunch of like powder in your ass, or does it just soak it all up? No, dude. This is back when I had a pretty fucking designer asshole. When you're mm. young, your asshole's a fucking. It's, it's a sweet, tight little. Bastion. Oh, it's a fucking yeah. It's like just like a new it's on like ramp. The, uh, yeah. It's the uh, fountain of youth. 
Oh, yeah, bro. And now your asshole's seen some mileage? No, it's just, you know, it's more of a, you know, it's just had, it's probably, it feels like, it seems like it's just had, I don't know, mileage is the term. It's just, <laughs> you know, the city, I don't know if the city's always taking great care of it. You know? Yeah, that's yeah, no, that's yeah. fair enough. Yeah. You ever take a shit, like a big ass shit, it feels so good. Coming out, it's a very pleasant experience, and you look, and it's like a big ass shit, like, and you're like, damn, I kind of get why dudes like getting fucked in the ass. Nope. But <laughs> because I, it's like, damn, like if it can feel that like a shit that big just came out of my ass. And I, get, I, and I didn't even mind it one bit. You know what I mean? I won't take really big shits. I wait till they feel a little bit smaller and then I take them. Well, if you. Oh, because yeah, it, I don't have control over that. I don't wait. It just happens when it happens. Well, you can wait. I mean, it's in your body. You can no, feel how for much me, it's, in it's there. like now or never. Or it's like now. It's not never. It's when I need a shit. I need a shit. There's no holding back. Damn, you're like the fucking. This is like the Fast and the Furious. I got that Jewish bowels. Oh, Jewish bowels. Yeah, yeah, I have Jewish bowel syndrome. Oh, dude. Yeah, my Jewish buddies. You give them half a teaspoon of fucking sour cream. You fucking won't see them for a month. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Yeah, we call that Jewish bowel syndrome. Do you really? No, I just made that up. But it should be a thing. Bro, it's so crazy. My <laughs> Jewish true. buddies, it's smartest, true. most capable humans, dude. Well, you know you why? You give them half of a fucking cracker that yeah. doesn't agree with them, bro. You know, you didn't even need the Holocaust. You could have just distributed sour cream to yeah, the population. That's the final solution. <laughs> um, you know why? Because we're all inbred. All Fuck the, yeah. Yeah, we're just inbred as fuck, so I guess that does something. But we all have mental disorder. I have, like, Tourette's syndrome. You know, I'm I'm a fucking mess. We had a question that came in about that. Let's get right to that. Uh, we didn't have a question about the Tourette's, but we never mind. We had a guest. <laughs> Nick and I work for a different. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> we we had a guest uh, named. Um, oh yeah, we had a guest that came in named Nick. Uh, Mark. Mark. Mark Elliott. He he would give TED talks because he uh, cured his Tourette's through the. Uh, and he was that, in System of a Down. What was he in? That uh, sex cult that that yeah. got Keith Raniere. Uh, that's a little weird. In Vixen, remember that in Vixen? Yeah, yeah. Sex he was in that. He was like kind of like in one of like the. He was like a side piece, kind of. Or well, I'm was, not surprised because that's definitely not possible. There's a lot of different things that are like Tourette's, but um, you Tourette's is a neurological. Well, let's see. This is what he's got. Oh wait, is this the? Oh, this is, the is this the guy you interviewed? Yeah. Oh, okay. I can't diagnose him if that's what you're asking. You me can either. try though. Dude. It's YouTube, man. Yeah, you can. <laughs> School. And there was 15 kids in the class. Look, and there's there's there, so many different really uh, had... tick disorders. There's a, a new uh, 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 neurological disease I just heard about on the news that kind of manifests its li- uh, self like Tourette's. I mean, I couldn't possibly diagnose the guy. And for me, it's a it's a here it's a heretical condition. My uncle has it. My it, it, it's passed down from my family. When members, you see your trade. uncle, do you guys have a different type of? <clears throat> like, is there like a sixth sense almost? Well, he, his is worse than mine, so it's kind of it's really easy to spot. But is it, when you see him? Is there is there like here's what I'm saying? Like if I had wings on my back, mm-hmm. right, and I saw somebody else with wings on their back, I would be like, oh, you know, is there camaraderie between? Yeah, like guys? is there like Not a really. What? Because I'll tell you, in my experience, oh, that fucking I, breaks my heart, man. It was a very personal experience that I never met anyone else that had Tourette's growing up. I never knew anyone else. So for me, it was a very. Oh, pers- you were the only one. Yeah, that I ever knew. 
And uh, it's a very personal experience in battle, the way I felt it. I didn't, I prefer not to talk about it because I feel like even being aware of it made it worse. So like when my parents try to talk to me about it, I would just tell them, you know, I'll get upset. I would say, just don't bring it up to me because I don't want to. I felt like the less I was aware of it, uh, the I less see. it bothered me. If you didn't make it a big thing. These days it bo- doesn't bother me so much, but as a kid, it's a lot to work out in your head. And it was worse when I was a kid too. So I think I was very lucky though. I was very, I was very fortunate to have friends who were very cool and understanding and not judgmental about it because I, I can see that that could, that could really oh, yeah. fuck you up growing up. But I mean, I was so fortunate to have friends that uh, were very, were very generous with their compassion. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. Because imagine, you know, you have, yeah, you have that and people are just giving you a hard time. And you yeah, have no and outlet. you look weird as fuck. It's hard to control it. You're and what just, kinds did you have? What kind of, because sometimes you get, we had a guy that was always like kind of playing freeze tag with himself. It seemed like we had a guy. Um, we had a blind guy. That's not Tourette's. We had a guy. What else did we have, dude? We had a guy. We had a dude who was. He would always ride this bicycle that had a baby seat. Remember the baby seat? You would sit behind your mom on the seat. Mm-hmm. And those used to be dope. Now these kids ride in like a fucking big covered wagon or something like mm. they're in fucking England or something, you know? <laughs> but we used to ride it with just a seat with like a shitty fucking seatbelt. Mm-hmm. And you would just sit in there and fucking bounce behind mm-hmm. mom. We had a dude in our town that was like, he had some type of something. And he uh, would just drive one of those all the time. Mm. But no baby in the back. <laughs> and people always thought that something had happened. He'd lost his family or something. But what was yours like? I just had, so when I was a kid, it was, it's a weird thing. I feel like what with Tourette's, you can pass around your tics. So like, for example, I had one where I opened my eyes real wide mm-hmm. and that you do, you just, you don't want to draw attention to yourself, right? That's what you avoid. Okay. So, so I had one like where having I something but trying head. to hide it inside of yourself. Yeah. Like Ooh. I have one where I roll my eyes. So I would, I would like cover my eyes so people didn't notice. Or I had one where I shake my head. Mm-hmm. That one, that one really bothered me. It gave me headaches all the time. So what you can, what I found you can do is. If you resist the urge, mm-hmm. your body will manifest new ticks in different ways. So I would like fight off this urge to shake my head because it drew attention to myself and mm-hmm. I don't like that. And now instead I wiggle my toes. Oh wow. So you can't see that. You don't know I'm wiggling my toes, like shit like that. So you can redirect I found personally that I can redirect the tick energy. So it's an energy that's trying to escape you. The best way I can describe it is like you've it's it's not like I don't have control over it. I cannot do it, but it's like having an itch. It's like having an itch. Yes. So it's like, you know, it's 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 awful. It's a horrible feeling not scratching an itch. It drives you crazy. Uh, that's even what Mark even said. I remember him saying something like that. That Mark Elliott said it was like having yeah an itch and some you have to scratch it and you have to do something to scratch it and sometimes you don't. Yeah, it's just that's he, the best way I can describe it. I don't know what he's got as far as I'm aware that. You know, Tourette's is not, it's not a curable. Uh, yeah, he, he thanked the uh, Nixium cult, whatever their their organization, their process was for getting rid of mm, forum. You should look into that. He did more uh, vocal, he had more so, vocal tics. Did you ever have vocal so, tics? So Tourette's is, is characterized by vocal tics. Oh, okay. So mine was clearing my throat like, I do that, I still do that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm such an asshole. No, it's cool, I think. It's oh, cool. fine. I thought I muted it. Um, that's the difference between like tick syndrome and, um, and, and like, and Tourette's syndrome. Tourette's is, vo- is characterized by vocal tics. 
So was there any fun ones you would get sometimes? No, there's no there's no fun one. They're all annoying. They're all annoying. It's just a matter of like uh, being able to. There, it actually they're not all annoying. So it doesn't necessarily bother me that I have to wiggle my toes, mm-hmm. but I have like you know, I have like a sleep paralysis where you wake up or you you're in a semi conscious state. You know what sleep paralysis? Oh is. yeah, I love it. That's sar- sarcastic. No, I love sleep paralysis. When you get that thing where you're like, really? Oh, you mean like waking? Every time I go to sleep, I pray for that, dude. I love that shit. Really? Yeah. Sometimes it's the most exciting thing I'll do all month. Can you expand on that? Yeah, like sometimes, yeah, like you wake up and but you're not really awake and you can't move, but you're like alive, you know? That's I mean, that sounds awful the way you described (laughs) it. I love it, man. (laughs) Really? Yeah, because sleeping gets so boring to me. Sometimes sleeping gets so boring. People find it terrifying. It's like, oh, I'm just going to lay here for seven hours, you know? <laughs> I like sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Sleeping rules, dude. Yeah, I, look, I've thought it ruled for some time, and then recently with the, probably the- You get the, bored. Yeah, past it's a waste. It is a wasted time, technically speaking. Yeah, I just feel like in the future, they're going to be like, can you believe that when our great-grandparents were tired, they mm. fucking went and laid somewhere for eight hours? That'd be what amazing if we could eliminate that. Yeah. Think of how psychotic it seems, really. Yeah. To think that, man, oh, you were, you things weren't going well. She went and laid down in a specific Just spot. Closed your eyes for eight for hours. Eight hours. Yeah, it's pretty. That hot. sounds like fucking autism, bro. <laughs> yeah, this lady has a question right here. Hey Theo, hey Ethan, have you gotten a hit of that nursing elitit? If not, have you thought about it? Mm, I like Let how me know. Uh... gang gang. I like how uh, excited she was by that. She kind of lowered her voice and changed her mannerisms. She looks nice, man. She has two tits, too. You see that? Uh, have you had... I mean, I, I, uh, I certainly thought about it. Did you try any of the breast milk? The thing is that Ela wasn't... Uh, I probably would have, but Ela wasn't... She was having trouble lactating. Okay. So we we feeding him. He was actually like starving to death during the first two weeks, and it was awful. We didn't know why he wasn't getting enough food because Ela's oh she's nursing, her, but he's her, not getting enough. Yeah, milk. He, her, she wasn't really producing, and so um, I would have told I would have totally sucked milk out of her titties. I mean, I've tried many times before, really, even before she was pregnant. That's fucking pretty cool, man. <laughs> um, no, I would try it. Look, dude, everybody's I'm curious. Yeah. Everybody's had a sip of different things that come out of their body. You know, everybody's. Mm, you know, I'm right. no fucking. You know, even Emerald Legacy does like that. Oh on the yeah, pot, little bam, know? bam. Yeah, little bam. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I would have tried it. You know, I've heard good things. How has I know? Last time you and I were talking on your podcast, man, which was really fun, dude. I'm so uh, appreciate it that you guys had me on. I've gotten such a nice response over the years from I want you to year come back. people that I'd love to come back. Okay, good. Soon we were talking. Uh, you I would love go to come up? back. We're in the soon. same building. We could go up there right now. Nope. We're gonna stay down <laughs> here right now. But uh, how about this? I'll come back after. <laughs> I would say probably after the first of the year, I'll come back. Love it. Yeah. Let's get that That'd on the cool. books. Um, and thank you. And uh, yes. But yeah, we were talking about parenting and fatherhood and stuff like that. Has your relationship with your dad changed since you had a, have had a child? Has it been, you or know, have you had any moments to reflect? Like, I just don't think it works that way. You can, you can change yourself. Mm-hmm. You can inform yourself and, and you know, hopefully uh, improve your relationship with your own son. But I don't. I just don't think that things change like that. Mm. Unfortunately, it's not like. It's not like. Uh, I don't know what yeah, to I'm say. To no, no, not really. Not with my dad. Yeah, 
I mean, I have a fine relationship with my dad. You know, we all. Yeah, well, I'm not throwing him under the bus or anything. No, I, I do all the time. He gets angry at me because right. he listens. Oh, yeah. My mom started listening. Yeah. Which is sweet in a way, but it's like. Isn't it sweet in a way? But it's like you got to just buckle up if you're going to listen because I'm just going to talk about everything. Yeah. You're going to hear things you don't want to hear from, from, you know, how I wipe my ass. Yeah. You know, I recently started using a bidet, and I had a lot of success with that. Wow, really? To sucking on, you know, trying to suck milk out of, out of my wife's titties, and even to saying, you know, hey, I don't think you did that good job as a father. Yeah. So they got to be prepared for all that. But I don't think it's prepared. I don't think it's improved my relationship with my dad at all. I think mostly it's just um, I learned a lot about my relationship with my dad through therapy, mm. and that kind of stuff was was very good. I think with preparing me uh, to be a father. But um, are you digging it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. You know, he's five months old. Right. But it's it's just there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of great stuff. And there's a lot of people prepare you for. I think people oversell it in, in this way. They say, first of all, people go. Um, when my child was born is the best day of my life. That day sucks. That's like fucking such an awful day. You don't sleep. Your wife is going under this incredible, uh, dangerous procedure. She's in incredible pain. You then then you have this crying little goblin that you you have no like in my I mean I'm a first time father so you you don't know what you're doing. You're, this baby is it can't even lift its fucking uh, neck up, I bro. Hate that kind of and shit. We had a like, guy like that on our basketball team when I was young. Like you don't hold his neck up and he breaks his fucking head. His <laughs> yeah, head falls just, on the floor. Yeah. You're like, oh shit, and yeah, you know like it's, it's so stressful. They had to lift him up to do a layup in the middle of the game. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a very. Good, that sounds like a dysfunctional basketball team. <laughs> yeah, this is bad. Um, but no, so that day's horrible. That day gets it's such an awful day. It's so you know, and it, it is beautiful when the baby comes out. Right, but but at the same time, there's a ton of people there. It's kind of confusing because you don't know what to do. You know, my Ela's on the. Ela's on the table. She's getting sewn up because her asshole tore into oh her vagina. God. You know that happens pretty commonly. Uh-uh. And he was a big baby, and his shoulders just oh, tore her fucking fuck, vagina. Bro. And Break by the way, his shoulders in there. You well, fucking... they're 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 real flexible. I mean, and the crazy shit, dude. The, I saw oh. everything. By the way, you think that like, oh, dad's just gonna sit outside? I was fucking holding her leg, what bro. Are you crazy. I saw. Dude? I I didn't have a choice. They threw me are in you there. Fucking John Wayne Gacy, bro. I didn't You're have a choice, bro. Her leg? That's what they instructed me. They said, "Dad, come grab her leg." I'm saying, "All right, let's get it. Let's do it." You know, grab I'm her. here. I'm here to support my wife. But it was crazy scene. I saw everything. His head looked like a meatball coming out of her because <laughs> oh, it was all dude. discolored and lumpy and little hair. It looked like a meatball with pubes. I swear to God, bro. The no joke. This story right here is better than the entire last movie of Halloween that I saw. <laughs> Did you see that last one? No, I don't watch so that stuff. bad. Dude. Really? It wasn't even scary. Really? It was almost like an advertisement for Cutco knives, dude. It was a fucking <laughs> worst horror movie I'd ever. I don't. Seen. I don't like horror movies. I skip them all. Well, the then time. watch that, dude. It's nothing. Really? It's basically about, it's kind of like a man like window shopping for houses. Well, yeah, I'll. <laughs> yeah. I'll. Uh, yeah, I mean this. Oh, so I you, felt I felt safe, but it was intense. Her, you know, her shit was, and then like, dude, the gnarliest thing is like, so the uterus or not the uterus that that uh-uh, stays in there. Man. The uh, the placenta, 
the baby oh, comes you gotta out. You got to sell that. You can sell that to Joe Rogan, bro. bro. They want you to eat that shit. I'm like, fuck that. I'm yeah, not eating dude. that. What are you, insane? I'm not a Campbell. Oh, there's one of these fucking bitches from Montana Boulevard over something, you know, trying to put it in a smoothie for People you. People kept there. trying to get me to eat it. I'm like, I'm first of all, wow. No, uh, I'm, Don't be that. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm taking down names of people who told me to eat it, so I could not talk to them Ugh. anymore. But you should have seen it. They because the bill, you cut the umbilical cord, mm-hmm. and then you got it, and then you pull the fucking placenta out by the umbilical cord. What, so she bro? has she has like a second birth. The baby's out getting checked out by the doctors, and then meanwhile the the nurse is pulling this placenta out, and it looks like a liver. It's just huge mm. organ, bro, and it's all you see. It's all bloody and. There's all these ve- uh, veins and shit in it, dude. And they pull it out of Is that. Is it crazy to see? <laughs> Do you ever look at your wife the same? I mean, it must yeah. be. <clears throat> what? Yeah. What, bro? No way, dude. No, she's better than. She's awesome. That no, she I'm not saying that. she's not a great person, but I'm just saying, dude, if somebody. No, I didn't. It, it, I, sw- I, I genuinely think that um, it didn't. It, it didn't. No. I mean, it was, it was fucking crazy, bro. I saw more than she did. Right. She didn't see yeah, any yeah, of that. Right. And then the nurses are going on and on about like, oh, it's such a, it's such a beautiful placenta. It looked like a fucking raw liver, bro. Got pulled out of her vagina. That sounds like Antifa, dude. That sounds fucking <laughs> way too intense, bro. And like, and then there's this newborn baby I, I've never dealt with, and the doctors are all checking him out and shit. And um, and then he's your it's responsibility. Scary. It's scary. And then they put you in the ho- in the hot in the recovery room, and you got to keep this baby alive for two days. And then they send your ass home, and you got to keep the baby alive there. Was it scary to leave the hospital? That would seem scary to me. Like, what do you I mean? Was, I wanted to get out of the, the hospital. Was a was just awful. I hated being there. I, I wanted to get out of there. But when we got home, the first two months was just agony. Hmm. Because, well, I think we had a specifically hard time because he wasn't um, latching feeding. on. He wasn't feeding. He was latching on, but he wasn't feeding. Fuck. And, you know, breastfeeding is very painful for the female, too. Is it really? Yeah, they say that breastfeeding is is oftentimes even even worse than the pregnancy. Oh. That's something that people I could imagine. Don't. I didn't think about that. Just sucking hard and munching, munching on the titty. You know what I mean? Not just sucking, munching. Yeah, very animalistic. Yeah, and uh, he was just crying. I mean, it was just crying, 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 crying. We're like, I don't think he's supposed to cry this much. You know, he was he wasn't sleep. They're supposed to sleep like eighteen hours a day. He was sleeping like maybe five at most, and he was just crying, crying, crying. Gosh, and. Uh, there's like a, a cigarette smoker. It almost sounds like a someone like they don't sleep that much. Cigarette smokers. People don't think about that. Mm. But anyway, I interrupted you. Um. So, oh, we, is that the elevator? Oh, you guys have elevator noise. We didn't think about that. Mm. Can they hear it? Nope. That's good. Nope. It's not a big deal. I, I think s- it's kind of sexy. Yeah. I, th- I I saw you guys had a sign. Please don't use the elevator. I thought that was funny. Oh yeah, Nick loves that sign. <laughs> I is think it up I, right now? I think uh, it, it's not at the moment because there's so much therapy upstairs. I started to feel bad about yeah. it. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, I yeah. One day we had to carry a lady in a wheelchair <laughs> up the stairs. Really? Some lady out there. Yeah. Oh, uh, you should have probably just let her take the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> Sound quality, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's fuck. Did the um, did the baby seem like so, it, now? Does it seem human at first, or does it seem like an animal or like a pet at first? And not in any way that you don't love the child. I know no, that, it's a but. real. It's a little gremlin, bro. Yeah, it's a little. It's a little uh, troll. Do you love it as much in the beginning as you much as you're able no. to love it now? Five or no. six months. And that's yeah. another thing they don't tell you is that when this baby, it's a stranger. You never met this baby. Oh, you don't know that. each other. Fuck that. And so, um, 
so no, that's the that's the truth. Your your love grows for for the child, right? And uh, it's not you you don't have an immediate connection, and that's something that worried me as well. That I was like, you know, I'm not really connecting with this baby at first. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's different now. Now now he's five months old, and he's oh, smiling, yeah. and he's laughing, and it's the whole thing. He's much different. But at first, especially for the two first two months, there's no, there's almost no recognition of you at Fuck all. That. So, so that's another thing that um, that I think you don't expect that maybe people aren't honest about mm. because everybody, I think in retrospect, like when they're twenty years old or whatever, it's even five six years old. It's like you just think you're all you see all the happy good times and you look back on that with with the uh, not just rose colored glasses, but but. Uh, dark pink what's more intense than rose chiffon maybe i don't know chiffon, chiffon baby chiffon colored glasses is that something uh it sounds good yeah thanks um yeah, it does but you know were you it was tough were you was there a moment where you kind of started to re- feel grateful like okay wow i am starting to love like <laughs> yeah there was a moment where i realized now he's fi- he's he's like five months in a week and he's really been coming into his own for the Mm -hmm. past month or two and there's there's like this moment every day when he first sees you and he's so happy to see you and you know what i real i had this weird realization that you think that you know your parents are meant to have unconditional love for you but but what i realize as a parent is that this child has unconditional love for me right now and it was like uh it was very uh, sobering realization that he, he when it's almost like I feel unworthy of that love. Mm. He's just so happy to see me every time, and uh, happy to spend time with me. That it's 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 freaky. Like it's like what a- it's what he does for me, and not the other way around. Mm. And you have, I feel like I have, and it's not just with me either. It's with everybody. Like he's born so pure mm-hmm. and loving. That as a parent, you need to, you need to protect that. Oh, that's interesting. You need to, because the truth is, I think we're all born that way. And uh, only through our life experiences do we, does that change? Yeah. You know, there's a debate that are we born good or not? And I think once you see a baby there, I mean, it's obviously that we are all born good. Wow. And it's just through our life experiences that. The dark uh, arts. That any of that changes. So. You know, you have a responsibility, and it's it's so weird when you realize like that you're going to be the one to affect that. Well, it's such a profound uh, relationship, the father son relationship, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let's get this Filipino guy. We got a beautiful Filipino man mm. has a question for us. Hey, Theo, my name is Rezo. I'm from North Carolina. My question is mainly for Ethan. My question is. When you're battling darkness and depression and dark thoughts yourself, how do you go about having a better, brighter perspective for your child? When you're dealing with negativity yourself, how do you aim for positivity with your child? In the nick of time, that's what we call him right now. Mm. Thanks, Nick. Well, I feel like, first of all, it's more like, how do you deal with it yourself? You know, it's like you have to get your shit straight for yourself. Right, before you, you can't, you can't, if you're feeling that way, you can't help it bleeding through to your kid. And he's going to see that. And he's wow. going to learn from that. He's going to take it. 
So do you start to realize, yeah, you're like this weird filter. Everything, bro. He watches, he learns, he everything, you know. He they take it in, it changed them day by day. They that you know what I mean? Their little DNA, their building blocks are taking everything in, bro. And it's, it's like building Tetris. a little human being. And um for me, you know, one of the fallacies that I had when I was depressed and anxious and really in the pit of despair, you have this feeling in your head, you chase yourself in circles and circles and circles. The truth is you can't talk yourself out of it. You cannot change it. You need something to slice through it day by day. You just, you, you try to convince yourself. You try to find different ways that you can feel better. But for me, I found that it's all just, that's all part of it, dude. That's not escaping it. That's the trappings of it. Right. And for me, it's just, you know, therapy and, and medicine was what helped me get out of it because you can't, you just can't talk yourself out of it. Are there moments now, I remember having a moment um, where I felt like for, for one of the first times I felt good about myself. Mm. Did you have anything like that happen after you got on antidepressants? Like, And I'm not saying that antidepressants are the cure for these things. I'm just saying that. That moment for me happened when I got in a 12-step program mm. that I remember having a day one day. In one moment, I was walking, and I was like, what is going on? I said, oh, wow, I feel I, I feel okay. Yeah. I have had mo- I certainly have moments of clarity And it's like almost that. fucking scary. Yeah, that's the thing is like before, I used to have good days, and then just the, 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 awareness oh yeah that i had a good uh, having a good moment or a good day made me ruined my day how crazy for real yeah. dead um yeah yeah, yeah. I, for real like no, it I ruined believe, it bro i can relate to that yeah so much it's unbelievable but i think that that's um but i do have moments of clarity where i'm like i think back to how bad i was yeah and uh you know i'm very thankful for that the you know it's a little better yeah um, let's get, let's throw another question. I, I want to talk, what are you talk? what are you working on in therapy right now? Like, what do you, I'm trying to think of, <clears throat> I don't go to therapy anymore. You don't, I went for like three months or four months and I feel like I got, I, I made a lot of progress. Wow. I thought about a lot of stuff and I think there was just a more, well, first of all, it was super expensive and it was super far from my house. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. And I think it came to the point where I felt like it was more of a pain in the ass than therapeutic. Respect. I had a moment the other day with my therapist yesterday, actually, I was in there, and I didn't like the fact that she kept, sometimes she'll just tell me facts and shit, mm. and I don't, I don't learn really that way. I learn more from feeling. Like, mm. for me, I really need to feel something to, especially in therapy, I need to have some feelings for it to really be of any value to me. Mm. I don't care whenever they're talking about, like, well, maybe the reason of this is that. It's like... I need to have the feeling. I need to realize it myself. I need mm-hmm. to communicate it to myself almost right. with your help. Right. And I remember telling her, I said, you know, I don't like when you talk. Mm. And it was kind of interesting because we started to get into this space where it's like, she's like, that's fine. You can tell me that sort of thing. And this whole time I've had this thing in my head where I'm just like, I'm, I'm just trying to be nice at the same time as also getting therapy. But sometimes you can use your therapist to embody things that you don't like. Like if they're doing something, you know, I didn't realize that. I didn't Mm. realize I can say, you know, I don't like hearing you talk right now, you know? Yeah, I had a moment like that too. she's like, well, why? And then I get to start to explain why. And then I get to start to realize something that's bothering me. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually then dealing with it. 
instead of just like talking to my therapist like right even you can fu- you can even go uh, that's right that's why at therapy you need to be like radically honest yes and yeah. and radically honest in a way that i didn't even know was being <laughs> radically honest like yeah. yeah i was like you know what i fucking hate it when you start to tell me like well maybe this is you know and i know that shit mm-hmm. i fucking know that mm-hmm. i know what's going on I just don't fucking feel good. Mm-hmm. But it was finally like an opportunity when I started to get there. I was like, oh, this is a new space for me to communicate. Mm, interesting. Because one of my biggest problems really is communication. Mm. I don't communicate clearly sometimes in the beginning. And then I start to live in these worlds where I did communicate clearly. Mm. But I never really did communicate. Are you talking about with friends or, or, with, or in lovers? All I think in all facets. Hmm. So then I start to build these weird resentments and things going mm. on in my head when I just didn't communicate clearly from the beginning. Mm. Um, but it's so hard for me to want to communicate clearly. I, I don't know. Then then I start to realize, okay, that's where I have like an issue. You don't have the energy. You don't have the will to to like extra communicate. I think I. I think I just no one ever really taught it to me. So I think I learned weird ways to communicate. Mm-hmm. Even when I probably why I ended up doing stand up. I ended up needing to have this way to communicate with people mm. to just feel like somebody hears me you know mm. um i don't know i think in a lot of it i'm still learning about but it just anyway i i i, I just went on that tangent because i i just realized that for myself in therapy that i can also communicate with my ther- therapist about how i feel about them yeah because it's going to help us as a team Mm. learn about what's going on and i can even tell them hey don't take this personally i know that i'm i know you know that i care about you i know that i think you're a nice person but i'm going to communicate this way to be they like that i mean good ones i can't imagine a therapist getting all like defensive yeah i couldn't either but i always thought that no they yeah would. you don't want to be rude right and you ha- then you have a weird thing where like <clears throat> you like them and they 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 know you more than they know what's going on through your head more than uh, your closest, the people closest to you in your life. Yeah. And you, you want them to f- think highly of you. Yes. Because they know you so well. It's a weird thing. You need like a therapist about your therapy. We, there needs to be a book on how to go to therapy. I agree. It's Because it's, there's, you uh, need there's to so do much right. teaching for the therapist. There's no teaching <laughs> for the therapy, for the, mm. th- you know, for the therapy <clears throat> or whatever the guy comes in. Here's my fucking dude right here. This guy was... Uh, wasn't he the quarterback from um, that TV show? Sugar Hill Gang or something? Where's the guy with the guy in wheelchair? Market 8? The guy me. who got in the wheelchair and they went to the city championship? That's him. With the black, I don't know what you're with the black guy that played Superman? <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it. Come on, dude. You black guys dude are... who played Superman? Uh, there was a black Superman? It's Friday Night Lights. Oh, I thought it was called Market 8. I'm like, <laughs> no, I haven't no. heard it. I don't, I don't Market know. 8, dude. That's what they always say. <laughs> what is this guy? You know what I'm talking about? Philip Allen or something, the I backup the, quarterback. I read the book one time. Oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> dude. Sorry. What's up? My question is for Ethan. Um, my wife and I are massive fans mm, of H3 you. and the podcast and everything and the whole channel um, and have been for a long time. Thank my question you. is, as a husband and now a new father, what does it feel like responsibility-wise to put your family out there for the internet and how has that impacted you of recent now? Thanks. Well, in certain ways it sucks because we're – get swatted and there's a lot of people that wish us ill will and uh we moved recently because 
<clears throat> we didn't feel safe at our last house. Mm-hmm. We were, people were calling the police and saying, Are like, you serious? People were calling the police and saying, there's bodies everywhere, there's bombs everywhere, uh, <laughs> there's hostages. And the SWAT teams would pull up to our house in helicopters and they would come with their guns drawn. And I Are felt you serious? Yes. And I felt very what? unsafe. I felt very unsafe about it. And so we moved to a new house in a gated community, which is nice. I feel better there, but. Um, it sucks being a public figure in that regard because there's always a little bit of uncertainty because there's just so many crazy fucking people out there. And there's, I don't know, there's people that dislike me on the internet for one reason or the other. And um, I wish I could erase that, you know? I didn't know if I would like you probably when I met you, man. I, but I realized I really did like you. You know, hmm. I wonder what that is, though. I wonder, I mean, and I don't mean that in any bad way. I mean it in almost in a way to explore, you know, like. Um, I guess I just thought we might be so different, you know, hmm. <clears throat> but then I realized that's that, true. Yeah. And I was kind of like, Oh, we're, we're really not very, very different. I know. I don't know why, but I, I had a feeling like, uh, I was, I was friends with a lot of your, your contemporaries, the comedians. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to meet you, but I don't know why. Like when I saw you at the comedy club, I really wanted to, uh, yeah, I saw you guys to outside. meet you and I'm glad, I'm glad that you said hello. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, man. It was, uh, but I don't know why. I don't know what it was. But your set was amazing. Funny oh, thanks. Dude. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a fun... Uh, that job's been fun. <laughs> it's been good to me. But what, what is it that you think you wouldn't like about me? No, I don't know. I think, I think I feel like... I don't know. Sometimes I feel like certain people just judge... Would just judge me for some reason, mm. you know? Mm. But then I realize that... It, I, I, I don't know. Let me think about it. I am judgmental. I'm kind of known for that. Well, I think it's also probably because I know because uh, I'm judgmental, mm. and so then I always from one dick to another, right? Yeah. So I know that. So then my biggest fear is always that other people are going to be. You know, it's funny. I I always think this to myself. If I met myself, I think I wouldn't like myself. Wow. Maybe maybe that's less true now. But back in the back when I was like really uh, in a dark place, mm-hmm. I used to be sure that if I was outside myself and met myself, I would fucking hate myself. Right on, damn. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I felt like that earlier this year. I had a real bad. I had a bad spot this year for a couple months, um, and it's still a been. A, this whole year's been really tough for me. But I had a bad spot earlier this year where I was fucking just a nightmare, mm. and I hated it. It was the same thing. Like you know, sometimes it just flares up, and it's just like I don't yeah. know. I have some anger, and it just yeah. won't. I just can't get. I almost want a fucking exorcism or something. You know. Mm. I wish it was that easy. Praise I God. wish I was fucking uh, possessed. Yeah. At least I could explain it, you know? Dude, think about back in the old days, if you're being an asshole, you're like, oh, sorry, fucking. Uh, just ghosting me. Yeah, called a bad demon on the stagecoach. Yeah. yeah. Man, they just take a little blood and call it a day. Yeah. Oh, let's get a question right here, and this guy right here, mm-hmm. definitely. Conor McGregor, I think? Yep. Proper 12. What's happening, guys? This is Shane here in Australia. Oh, I um, actually met you shirt. in Sydney, Theo, um, at the Enmore show that you did. That was great. Um, this question is aimed more at Ethan, however, who might recognize me from this tattoo. Which oh, you made that? That's reviewed. awesome. Um, oh, I know yeah, that yeah, the yeah. Vape Nation video is probably a crowd favorite, but I was just wondering what is your own favorite video that you've made oh, on the old H3H3 channel? Thank you. Gang, gang, pop bless. Oh, he's got all the the slogans. Gang, bro. He's gang got, bless. Yeah, gang bless, bro. Um, that's, that's our great. new podcast. I, I love gang that. Uh, I've seen that tattoo so many times. It's it's uh, 
Rick and Morty, Rick Sanchez doing Vape Nash. So I good. just met with, no, I didn't meet with that studio today. I met with a different studio. Bento Box, I met with some of those guys. Hmm. Um, but let's focus on this guy, man. Thank you for coming out to the show there. And uh, My favorite vid, well, Vape Nash is such, I think Vape Nash is definitely one of my faves. <laughs> so that thing was retarded. like such a, it was such a, uh, it was like the vape gods blessed me because me and Ela just walked out with no plan at all. Wow. I had an outfit and a vape and a dream. And uh, the the gods were gracious because like I had all these incredible interactions. Like we went to the vape store and the guys were amazing. We went th- we were walking down the street and the news was live, which is something that I had never seen yes, before. That was a great. That's the a great news scene, was I fucking remember. live and we yeah. were vaping and, and the guy, guy reacted then he to me. Looking, yes, he engaged. The odds <laughs> they never engaged. It's crazy and like. I mean, everything was going on. There, we were in Central Park, and I was yelling at the police, and they interacted with me. We went down to Central Park, and a cop let me sit in his fucking car and vape. I mean, it was all just the vape gods were on my side, dude, yeah. you know? Um, everything was, was beautiful about that video. But another one, I'd say, another favorite, I don't know. The, I did this video called 90s Boy Band where I was making fun of these uh, frosted tip deep tanned boy bands oh yeah and we just went on a whole adventure through new york city where i got this fake tan and frosted my tips and i was on the subway applying tan it stinks so bad by the way that tan yeah you can get some that smells a little not as bad but i was amazed by how foul it was smelling and at a petting zoo you know if you wear too much bronzer they won't let you in certain petting zoos too (laughs) why is that it just the animals have a bad reaction to it. They stop you, and do they have like a Pantone? They they <laughs> they check your tan levels. Man, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been allowed in there for sure. Yeah, but that that was fun. That was a really fun video. Yeah, as well. But Vape Nation, I mean, even for myself, it's like it is. Yeah, it's, dude. It's beyond me. It's funnier than I, thank you, Vape Nation. Yeah, <laughs> but dude, is is it, it? I had a moment when you were talking about that. It's interesting how sometimes with creativity. If you just take the, like you said, you had your girl or you, you know, who was your partner in crime, Mm -hmm. you had a camera, you had a little bit of an idea Mm -hmm. and then you went. And sometimes (laughs) that's so much better than all the planning in the world. It is. And sometimes, and most of the times it's way worse. That's Mm. the problem. That's the problem I ran into is because I kept trying to rebottle that lightning Ah. and it was always okay. But, um, ultimately it's, it's just. It's it's tricky because sometimes it's way better, but most of the time it's worse. So it gets frust the process gets frustrating, and ultimately, I think you learn that you need to be more structured. You need more structure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's interesting because sometimes it's like if something doesn't happen for the first time, if it's not exactly new, <coughs> which is one of the reasons why I think I like laughter is because it's such a you didn't know it was coming, hmm. and it's gonna be gone. And it's just, there's no denying that it's... You can't hide the emotion. Right. You can't hide the emotion. You can't, There's no denying that it occurred and that it was a... It's almost like the Big Bang Theory of mm. communication. Mm. You know, it's like... You know, the first thing my son learned to do was laugh and smile. Isn't that a trip? It's crazy, huh? It's the first thing they learn uh, to communicate is laughter. That's interesting. It's, it's like the most deepest... The deepest, most primal uh, feeling we have, it, uh, communicating feeling we have, is is like laughter. Mm. Well, obviously he cries first, lots of crying, but but ultimately we weren't feeding him. Yeah, but but, <laughs> but ultimately two weeks. <laughs> but but ultimately beyond that, it's laughter. 
His feeding window was uh, closed. Yeah, his feeding window was closed when it needed to be open big time. His feeding window is always open, man. He gained a lot of weight though. Now he's a big, Did he? he's a ch- he's a little fupacino. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, man. He's, dead. he's fat. I mean, he's chunky in a For, good way. There's something beautiful about it. right around six months when kids you can still kind of hold them and they'll be really kind of chill sometimes, but they're just getting so alive that it's mm-hmm. like. Man, there's something real beautiful about that age. Did I answer the question? John Stamos has a question here, too. Did we answer that other question? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. um, It was about your favorite video. And good day, brother. I'm trying to get over there to Australia, maybe with another comedian. We're trying to partner up and package and come back over there. Nice. This is John Stamos' son. Um, Ethan, man, just wanted to know if you ever plan on making uh, any more videos on your main channel or if you're just focused on the podcast now. Because um, we miss the main channel videos too. So, anyway, gang, gang, Papa Bless. This Thank was you, a, dude. I appreciate that. This gang was a, Bless, dude. That's going to be the new show. You gang know bless, is, baby? Bro? Yeah. Gang Bless. That was a recurring question. We probably had that about 10 times. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a tough one to answer. You know, the truth is. By the way, it's nice that everyone likes me. I have a feeling that most people hate me. Really? I do. And I feel, I'm so refreshed when people are nice to me and care about me. You know what reminds me that I think you're a neat person is that you are your ability to that I just feel you're transparent. Hmm. Your transparency reminds me. It's just such a uh, it's such a nice quality. I feel like you have. Oh, thank you. That I think it's just like oh, immediately oh, I, I know at least I'm. I'm going to be able to be very real with this person. And there's something that's very comfortable about that, I think, for people because we don't get that very much. I think for me, I found it like, I just think it's real healthy. You can't, you don't want to, like, that That could make, I mean, that makes me feel real bad at one point. That's like, oh, I, I'm assuming that everyone out there hates me. But at the same time, it, it's nice to be able to say that. You know, it, relievi- it, it alleviates the, the pressure. To be able to say what? That, that I think everyone hates me. Oh, something like that. Right. You know, instead of holding that on, it feels real serious if you hold on to something like that. Yeah, yeah, to get it out. That's a good point. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah so many things Thank we don't though. realize that we have to get it out, though. You got to get it out. I try to get as much out as I can. Yeah, even little things, little resentments we mm-hmm. have against people, that shit fucking hides and turns oh, yeah. an, an episode I, of it's Dateline. Bad. Yeah, absolutely. When uh, did Dateline turn into just, did it, was it always just murders and shit? Well, the two most watched shows in the entire world. Joe Rogan, Dateline. Is Dateline that popular? Oh, I believe that there's... I, <laughs> I believe the two most consumed shows in the entire world, and I believe this wholeheartedly, are yeah. Joe Rogan and Dateline. I've tried watching Dateline a couple of times, but I, it's just kind of just feels like a poor man's like uh, Netflix series. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Is, you know dude. what I mean? Oh, yeah, I was raised on it. Bro, my mother, the first show we watched together was America's Most Wanted. <laughs> That show was badass. And she though. made me hold her hand when the parts got scary, and I was so fucking scared. Oh shit! How old were you? You need I don't a comforting. Know, bro. Yeah, seven maybe. Dude, that show was badass when I was a kid. Though that was real shit. They were catching criminals. Fuck yeah, that was scary as fuck. That those guys scared the so shit out of scary. me. All those criminals. Uh, man, my my main channel. Here's the thing. I feel like I'm in a new phase of my life. Mm-hmm. I feel like at a certain point, those videos were exciting they were fun they were uh, great to do it was fulfilling me in every way but i feel like on not just on youtube but in myself personally that um those videos don't they don't uh fulfill me anymore i find them to be i force them out Mm. i um have to pull my own teeth to get the work done and 
although I know people like it, and frankly, I like it too. The final product is always fun to to look at. I just find that that um, maybe that life, that part of my life, is behind me. That being said, I still have a studio in my house that's ready to go if I ever feel the need to make one of those videos. Which I, I like. And it the, could happen. Yeah, I like the idea of just making one off when I'm real inspired to do it. When yeah. something comes up, then I'm like, I need to make a video about that. But I just feel like you know, I've been I was doing that for a long time, man, and and I think it's time to to just open a new chapter and just be there. Because a lot of t- I was I've been doing the podcast for a while now, and I feel like just now recently, since Theodore was born, that I really feel like I'm doing the podcast right. You know, I mm. was doing it, but now I'm really doing it. Yeah. And um, I like that. I like that it's a new challenge. I like that it's testing new skills. I like that um, I'm working with other people that it's collaborative, where if I'm making a video, it's all on my shoulders. And I feel like I had a lot of resentment and frustration from that. Mm. <sighs> you know, it's like, it's also my fucking job. Like, nobody can help me do this. Um, I like collaborating with people. You do? And in the case of the podcast, at, I, it was at first it was very difficult for me, but I found that um, it's it's been fantastic. Like we have three cast members that are back there, and they've become a big part of the show. Oh, that's and cool. I think that it's, I think it's great. I think it's a really fun dynamic. It's fun. It's exciting. It's a new experience. It's testing new new skills in myself, and I think um, I'm following that feeling that there's something else out there for me to do now. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, man. Hearing you say that, it makes me think like so many times. I we often so many times it's it's hard to move on. Mm-hmm. It's hard to like I'm really I'm really struggling recently. Just I you know I don't want to grow up. Mm. I just don't want to. It's like it's what does so, growing up mean to you? I think it means like just like letting go of your freedom, letting go of. Mm. I think I've always revolved in such this kid space in myself Mm. that I don't really know how I am as an adult. Mm. And that's very scary to me. Mm. Like I'm good. I I, I do well as a kid. Like I was a kid. It wasn't the most fun a lot of times, but I fucking Mm. did a good job of it. Do you have like positive uh, adult role models in your life? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, I have Brendan from King and the Sting, but so probably not really. He's not. I mean, he's your... He's, he's a your, good dad. But and he's your contemporary. Yeah, he's I a mean, buddy. As a kid looking up to an adult, did you have any positive adult role models? No, probably not, dude. <laughs> Me neither. And I think that I went through the same thing. Is that I I think a lot of the anxiety and pressure I was feeling too was kind of a a um in a sense not wanting to grow up. Mm. And and I think the problem is that you never saw an adult who was content and happy and and you thought, hey, that's cool. That's a good thing. That's something I want to be. That's something I want to do is aging gracefully and becoming yeah. more mature and paying fucking bills and having a kid. And you know what I mean? All the things that, but for me, that was all scary shit that oh, I, yeah, I, so scary I associated with uh, negative things. But it's, you know. But yeah, I think at some point, yeah, what you're, what you're saying is that, yeah, getting to a place and then embracing it. Right. Instead of living on both sides of the fence and you stuff. You can't, you know, it's inevitable, mm-hmm. right? So Right. Yeah, and also, though, I think some of it is, too. It's like it's fun to, like, still be young while I can, you know? Sure. Young and enough. You can, and you can. And some things I can't do. Like, I can't, you know, you can't date some of these young girls. You have to go out and pretend like you never fucking, 
like heard some movies like you, you can't even mention any movies you like because they never heard of them <laughs> and it's so fucking scary dude Interesting. you mean like old movies or new what do you what old kind of movies movie? yeah you like, feel old oh that even when i'm in a conversation if there's like a young you know like not a young girl but i mean a i young know what woman, you mean yeah i know what you mean you're like fuck dude i am an adult now yeah it's happening, and I need yeah. to get on board with it. How old are you? I'm 39, man. I'm an adult. You look youthful. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, you look youthful. Thanks. So you look younger than the last time I saw you. Maybe it's the haircut, or maybe it's the pills, you know? But you definitely look younger. <laughs> I don't know. what it, I, I always look older than I am. People really? Always, people assume I'm like 50. <laughs> oh, damn. Which is, weird. I don't know if that's good or bad, but. <laughs> I think for you, it's kind of funny. I'm going to live till I'm 100, but yeah. I'll die when I'm 60. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, you're like so, in a weird type of dog ears. People think I'm like some weird lecher on Ela, like I'm some dude who dates outside his age by like a decade. But I'm like, nah, dude, we're two years apart. Um, but what, what were we talk? What were we talking? I think about? um, I agree. It's hard to move on, and I think that um, maybe one one of the one of my strengths maybe is is uh just knowing when it's time to move on mm. certain points in my life where I've just, you know, it's tough. And especially the fans are resistant too, and they make you question your own decision to move on. But ultimately, you know, ultimately you'll know before they will. Mm. And so it's tough on you. It's tough on them. And it's tough on you because they don't want you to move on, but you know, for yourself, you have to move on and they, and you know, they they don't know that. They don't know what you feel. They just want more of the same. But the truth is, these people will get tired of the same shit, too. And yeah. then they, they'll eventually leave, and you're just stuck in a rut doing the same stupid fucking song and dance you've been doing for a decade, and uh, nobody's happy anymore. You, most importantly, aren't, and the fans don't care. They don't. They say, oh, he's fucking stale, right? Yeah, there's, you have to, yeah, there's a, there's a gracious time to, 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 to evolve, <laughs> right? You know? Like a worm is only a worm, you know, and finally, like, fuck y'all. And people are like, oh, this fucking worm. You're going to quit being a worm, dude? Mm -hmm. You're out of your mind. This is the best fucking dude, gig in earth, town, dude. Earth. Yeah, we eat moist earth, out bro. here. Yeah. It's moist as fuck, dude. Yeah. There's a rain coming tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, fuck y'all, bro. And then he flies by you gotta six leave, months later. You got to leave when it's good. Yeah. You got to leave when it's good. Gotta, uh, let's yeah. leave into one more question that's come in. What do we got, Nick, from Frank Castillo? It looked like something came in. What up, Theo? What up, Ethan? This is Preston coming to you from Frankfort, Preston. Kentucky. I uh, got a quick question for the Vape Nation God over there. Um, you know, so far, I don't <laughs> I know how many that. months into it, but you've, you're a few months into being a dad. What do you think been the most rewarding part about being a dad? And uh, what do you look forward to the most as little Fupa Jr. gets older mm. and starts Fupaing around, man? Yeah, baby. Uh, let me know what y'all think. Can't wait to hear from y'all. Uh, love both y'all, man. Y'all make the week so much smoother. So uh, let me know what y'all think, man. Gang, gang, and vape nice, y'all. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I love the y'alls. He's dropping y'alls like a molasses. From Frankfort, Kentucky, man. Thank you. Spencer was his name, I think? Uh, yeah. Thank you, dude. Spicer, maybe? Another, Preston. Another, Preston, sorry. Preston. Preston, the other Spencer. And first of all, <laughs> I never would have guessed he was a Preston. Would you have? Uh, probably not. Yeah. What if, he's, he's more like a... I would have guessed this man was a Rom Romero, maybe. Look at him. There he is right there. Beautiful young fella. He's got face, hair on his face, on the bottom of his mm. face. Beard. I don't know what his name is, honestly. Romel? I could see him as a Romel. Romel? Mm-hmm. Okay. I could see him as a karate instructor I'm as well. with you. <laughs> but thank you very much, uh, Preston. <clears throat> Another person who apparently likes me, so that's nice. Did you get any that hated me? No, there were, there were a ton 
that loved you a lot. So many inside jokes, people that they weren't mm. really questions. They were just like people farting into the mic. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but uh, people were huge fans. We probably Aww. got hundred, hundred over a hundred questions. Wow, that's nice. Thank you to everyone who who did that. That's that's I appreciate that. Uh, the best thing about you know having Theodore right now is he's just got this beautiful smile. He's just when he's just expressing joy. It's a beautiful thing. I can't wait to talk to him. I can't wait for him to be able to sit up on his own to walk. I can't wait to communicate with him. Man. That's so exciting to me to be able to know what he's thinking and what's going on in there because he's a little person who's marinating inside of there, and I can't wait to to know to know who he is. You know, it's like a pinata almost, kind of. Right. I don't. I don't I mean, hit him with the good, stick, right, and there's right. not candies inside. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to kill him. Yeah. No. Never mind. It's not like yeah. a pinata. But I. But in other ways, he is. I do want to hang him from a tree. <laughs> No, I don't want to do that. I'm not sure what in what ways he's like a pinata. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> he's colorful, colorful, he's colorful. And sweet inside. Yeah, there he is. There you go. Nick of time right there. Um, I can't wait to do stuff. Because right now he he's still very young. Yeah, he can't do anything. Very he can't even young. fucking walk. He can't really no, tell you that much. No, but I'm, I'm excited to like take him places, yeah. do stuff. and I, It's going to be fun, you know. Tell him about life. Tell him dad shit. Teach him about pussy, probably, yeah. or something. Mm. Or wiener. In the future, Dick. who knows what they'll want, yeah. That talk, I hope it doesn't come for a while. I'm not looking forward to talk to him about pussy. Yeah, But dude. that day will come, I'm sure. Well, you want to give him the talk right now? You and I can give it to him together? If this is your dad this? from the past? Yeah. Well, Theodore. Theodore, there'll be a time where... Uh... And I'm just your dad's friend. <laughs> There'll be a time where uh, you'll have to explain to your to your partner why your penis is so small, <laughs> and just know that's my fault. The micro penis <laughs> is my fault, son. But also let them know that they it's doesn't really losing the virginity doesn't count if it's a micro penis, you know? right? That doesn't count. Yeah. You got to fist someone to count oh, for that. Damn, yeah, yeah. you got to go elbow deep to lose your virginity. Oh damn, dude! <laughs> you got a micro. You're talking penis. about noodling, bro. Yeah, that'll be an Olympic sport by then. <laughs> um, Nick, anything else pertinent that you wanted to hit? I was a little <laughs> curious if you're like worried about him growing up, like with the how much you know about the internet, and mm-hmm. then as he gets older, like discovering stuff on his own or about me or just on the internet? Uh, no, just on the internet. Just dude, the internet's fucking terrifying. I don't know how these young kids because me and huh. you, we grew up. I, the first time I saw a smartphone, I was in college. Yeah, the first time I saw yeah a smartphone, definitely. First time I had a cell phone, I was I was, I was at twenty, the, and so. And you know, I'm I I am I'm scared. I seen like they're actually Bo Burnham made a great this great video about it uh, or movie about it. Uh, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. It's a, but oh, I never yeah. thought about how uh, uh, these kids grow up with Instagram and all these social medias and these little fucking kids with goddamn smartphones in like you know middle school and it's yeah it's scary it terrifies me I don't I just i never grew up with that so i almost don't know how to relate to that that kind of social pressure i know that like the social pressures you feel just as a as a as a prepubescent or in high school or middle school is is you know already stressful but the added stress of like uh uh, interacting with people on instagram and do people like my yeah, post? Yeah, people like me. People are like trashing on people on Instagram. There's like bowling on Instagram, and there's all these clicks, like cyber clicks and shit. I mean, it's 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 scary. I hope that I can, um, I hope that I can, you know, give give him guidance through that because I I'm not sure 
what it's like to grow up like that. Um, I think keeping him human, you know, try and keep him in human spaces, you know, where he's re having real feelings and things mm. that are, you know, actual emotions and stuff and not just reactions. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of these kids are just more reactive, it seems like, the way that they live kind of mm. uh, with electronics. But yeah, I don't know. Like, my niece thought imagination was an app, and that really spooked Oh, crazy. Me. How, what was the context of that? Just like, I was like, you know, your imagination. He's like, what, is, what do you mean? I was like, you use your imagination. Really? She's like, I don't think we have it. I'll check my mom's phone. And I was like, all right, well, we're all going to be in hell. <laughs> yeah. But that, you know, that's not far off. Um, it's terrifying. And I'm afraid of like, I mean, it must tear apart their, I mean, the self-esteem, you know, you got to put pictures of yourself online. I mean, when I was that age, I, I, I couldn't look at photos of myself. I, 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 it, it, it would ruin my day to see a photo of myself at that age. Yet these kids got to put photos of themselves online and try to compete with, like, the handsome kids in their school and shit. You know, <clears throat> it's, ugh, it's, it's tough. I don't know how these kids are going to grow up. But do you think in the end that it all equates back to exactly the same way it was, just the medium is a little different now? I'm starting to think Probably, about that. Probably, more or less. I mean, when I, I mean, more or less, you know, I think that's but we don't know true. though, because the electronic thing, it is different. There's this weird other reflective surface in the world mm -hmm. that wasn't there when we were. Well, you know, it's not all bad either. I mean, you have a ton of knowledge at your fingertips. I think that, I think that it gives them certain coordinating skills. And, you know, I've read studies like being in, being in a 3d world can kind of help your brain, like playing video games in a 3d world can enhance your perception and wire your brain in a different way that, that for in a good way. Really? Yeah. Because you, you, because it's kind of a, it's kind of a, an incredible task to be able to, to actualize a 3d space on a 2d monitor. Like right. if you're playing a video game and you're wandering around and you're, you're, you're really existing in this 3D world, but it's just on a screen. I mean, that takes a lot of brain power, I feel like, and a lot of educating. It just happens that we enjoy it. We like doing it. But um, I think that that definitely taps into some kind of part of our brain that uh, that could be good. I, I really do think so. I think a lot of that kind of stuff is is over, maybe over, is, is alarmist stuff. I grew up playing video games, you know. Right. Yeah, me too. And, uh, and I loved them. We played it a ton. I, I'm not worried about video games so much as I am about the the social pressure of, of being on Instagram when at 12. Yeah, the social media was it would definitely be different. if there Because at least whenever we left home and stuff, when we went home from school and stuff, that was Instagram. School was Instagram, and it was mm -hmm. gone once you left there. Right. And you That's got right. to go home and have a life outside of there that was separate. And that was. And, and I looked in the mirror a couple <clears throat> times a day, and that's when I saw myself. It wasn't like I'm trying to find the good angles oh, so I can represent point. myself. And I never even thought about that. Yeah, you had to wait until you, you got home to see the mirror to even fucking see yourself. That you look young. like shit. I only need to remind myself I look like shit three times a day. Not yeah. every time I open my phone. Yeah. It's tough, man. I don't know how I deal with that as a young kid. I'm, I am a little bit worried about that, but I'll, I'll you know, hopefully. You'll navigate it, man. Hopefully plus, he's we handsome. we did it. It's right? fucking Theodore's problem. Yeah, that's true. We did it. He's got to deal with the fucking world that's burning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Instagram. <laughs> you fucking. I'll be dead by, I'll be dead, so it's his problem. Look, man, any kid that for fucking two weeks is sucking on a dry tit, bro, I fucking respect He's that a warrior. Guy. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying, bro. Yeah, for sure. He'll be fine, Yeah, dude. that's a good point.
Um, Ethan, thanks so much, man. Mm, I appreciate thank you. it, man. Thank you for and inviting me. I'm so me. happy for you, bro. And I love, uh, I wish we'd have gotten to maybe talk a little bit more about like some of the mental health stuff, but just for my, for our own well being, you know, I it's really hard, enjoy it's talking. It's hard to get into the, it's hard to get it's in hard that to, space. It's hard to find the right. You can't always do it. The groove. I'm yes. here though. You want to keep talking? Uh, It's up to you. You trying to end this? Obviously you're trying to end this. You got shit to do. You're a busy guy. You're a busy guy. I have an, I just have an appointment at 4 p.m. What time is it? Uh, you know what? We'll 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 do your we'll do yours. Okay. This has been a no. This has been a good experience. Sometimes for me, it's also about. Sometimes it's just like it's easier than other times. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean. You know, mm-hmm. it's just easier to like be in a place. Um, I think even being as a guest, sometimes it's easier for me. Definitely. Like this, yeah. the, being not a guest is always for me is very tough sometimes. Mm. But. But dude, you inspired us to get this office space. Dude, I love what you guys did. The space is incredible. I don't know if you ever showed a tour. I don't know if we have. We really just kind of finished buttoning up like these these counters in this control room were the last part. So uh, I, I do. I was going to pitch that to you, like shooting like a crib style cool, thing. Where... It's a good idea. You this is the first really time nice that we've job. actually even comfortably like had Nick in there where it's we did it one other time. But this is it's really nice. <clears throat> it's all just evolving. So uh, but yeah, I remember you saying, I think there's a space in our building when I was here. Mm. On your podcast. Yeah, we're in the same building, dude. I used the bathroom before. I had the key already. We could hear it when I was coming down the pipes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's Most beautiful, definitely. dude. Um, beautiful. It's like Africa. No, you guys did an amazing job in here. You changed the carpet too, eh? Oh, no. They put in new carpet for you guys? Yeah, they had some mannequins. Somebody was storing mannequins in here, which was oh, crazy. that's creepy as fuck. That's like I, a Doctor Who episode. And I wanted them. I said, keep All the mannequins. Them? We're in. I said, <laughs> at least two. There were two in the negotiations, bro. And specifically, they leave ones, them? No, they ended up taking them. Specific ones, they, they were like, no way, these are off limits. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> okay, sorry, I didn't know, you know? Huh. But it definitely got interesting with the fucking... It's interesting what people the kids, do in these yeah. offices. You my know? kinfolk, they call them. Kinfolk, your mannequin? How do you sexually identify? I sexually identify as a straight male. Mm. How that... do you call binary? Is that binary? Um, I or wouldn't no, say no. I'm binary. Why do you call that? He's binary. If yeah, he's, you're binary. Yeah. That means yeah, you're straight, Mary. Straight yeah, man. I'm straight male. I'm doing women this time. If maybe in next reincarnation or two or three down the road, suck some dick. I'm not gonna suck it, bro. I'm Come on, hold, I'll hold one outside, but I'm not doing anything indoors. But I'll say this, man, is that Trisha Paytas? You guys just had that fair. She's amazing. On. What was going on? She had nine different ethnicities or gender. By the end, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> she's By just... the end, I literally looked in my pants to see what was going on. <laughs> She's just a troll. Yeah. I don't think she actually. She just—it seemed like kind of desperate to me. A yeah, little bit. but she's. I but think, she's also very. I do. I love her. Well, I watch some of her dance shows and stuff. Some of it's pretty entertaining. I agree. She's very entertaining. She made this whole video about how she's um, identifies as a trans male, even though she looks like a female. She dresses like a female. She even does porn as a female. Yeah. She says you can be a lesbian and a gay man at the same time. I was like, whoa, dude. I'm like in yeah, the I'm, I'm in like the uh, LBGTQ zone right now. Fuck that. I'm out, bro. I'll see you at Popeye's. Dude, I'd rather go to Popeye's. Dude, bro. Pop, don't go to Popeye's, dude. You'll lose your life. Dude, there. take a fucking gun, bro. I'll shoot somebody. Somebody got of those stabbed biscuits. to death, you know, recently. Yeah. Dude, I went to Mardi Gras in New Orleans every year. We would go to the Popeye's and watch people fucking 
fight. Is that where people, where it goes down? Where it goes down. Why is going? What are they putting those sandwiches? I don't know if it's a food, bro. I want to say it's for the people. But what is it about? I mean, I had Popeyes. It's good. The sandwich chicken for Popeyes. (laughs) Damn, that's an understatement, dude. Kill people for Popeyes, dude. And shout out to my boy, fucking John, bro. Red John. He works over there at Popeyes off of Highway 190, dude. uh, Yeah, Popeyes was like a nice restaurant when I was young. Oh, that was like we're going out to Popeyes, son. We get it, and they had it. It came with this little like figurine can you look up the popeyes uh figurine toy that came in their happy meal it was a little actual one of the popeye mm. or olive oil oh it was actually popeye and it came in is a it happy associated meal. with popeye yes what where's the spinach yeah he's like whatever it was i had no idea there was an association it used to be associated with popeye it should still be mm. they're like drop the fucking there popeye. it is the blue toy right there click on that there we Dude, go. They're like, you know what? The chicken's better than pop. Nobody cares about Popeye. You could get spinach back in the day at Popeye's. Wow. I had no idea there was an association. They totally dropped the Popeye from Popeye's. And now it's just known for mixed people fucking body slamming each other <laughs> in the parking lot. <laughs> I mean, More than the chicken, oh, the street exactly. fights. That's a, bro, if Popeye's doesn't start to sponsor the UFC, I'm out. <laughs> That's a fucking lost uh, opportunity. I'm out, man. Ethan Klein, thank you so much. Give a big hug to your wife and congratulations you, on Theodore. Thank you very much. That's your name. Yeah, it's a beautiful name, man, and I'm happy to share it with your son. Thank you for your blessings. Yeah, we'll, see exciting, you, uh, we'll see you at the HG podcast at the, uh, we'll do it in the new next year. year. Yep. Gang oh. blessed, bro. Gang blessed. Appreciate it. Thank you. Now I'm just floating on the breeze And I feel I'm falling like these leaves I must be cornerstone Oh, but when I reach that ground I'll share this peace of mind I found I can feel it in my bones But it's gonna take a little time For me to set that parking brake and let myself all mine shine that light on me. I'll sit and tell you my stories. Shine on me. And I will find a song. I will sing it just for Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Jermaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.